Welcome to Athletes to Entrepreneurs Alumni Journey. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct. We've created a platform to help athletes and other alumni network and connect within their communities. And this show is basically what we do is we interview former collegiate professional athletes and we talk about their transition out of sports, their journey uh, to successful entrepreneurship and business leadership. And it, the whole idea is to teach and inspire athletes that there is life after sports. There's a major issue today, whether it's financial literacy, mental health, other issues that athletes face, and we want to make a positive impact in that. So we're really excited today to have Blake Williams on with us. How you doing today, Blake? Doing well, Rob. Thank you for having me on the show today. Uh, you're welcome. So Blake's got a, it's an interesting story. We t- kind of talking about before my head was spinning with all the different things he does, but uh, Blake was a, a college football player at Princeton. And then uh, he went into the NFL as a coach and he coached for many years in the NFL and I'll share a little bit about that. And then he got the uh, entrepreneurial bug and uh, I mean, doing other things with that too. He's the, uh, he has the, um, he's a financial uh, partner and advisor, wealth management, working with athletes. Uh, he has a sports media company where he's doing podcasts and TV shows. Maybe I'll, I'll get lucky. I'll get on one of those. <laughs> and, and then uh, he also has a, he's a president of a tech startup, uh, which he'll share a little bit about. So, a lot of great things that Blake's doing. And uh, usually what I do, Blake, is I start out is talk about playing sports growing up and how it shaped you leading up into college. Yeah, um, great question. You know, I, I had an um, interesting, you know, life in sports. Um, I, I kind of, you know, been talking about this recently. Like this is I'm in the, my fourth stage, you know, in sports, you know, in the sports world now. But I grew up um, a multi-sport athlete. Um, with, uh, you know, former athlete parents. And then I grew up in the professional sports world. And so my, my father was a career coach and a majority of my life. And, and still to this day, he's a, a professional football coach, right? So grew up around the profession. And so um, kind of gave us and taught us everything, right? Gave us everything, right? Little, um, you know, paid the bills, you know, and, and whatnot. And um, kind of got a you know, when you grow up in it, you get a different say, taste to the what all goes into it, understanding from the, the professionalism aspect of it, like what, you know, what real focus practice and, you know, ongoing skill development and and, um, you know, how to how to how to compete. Right. And how to handle um, failure, how to handle. Um, I mean, I, I, as a kid, honestly, growing up in the professional sports world, um, no different than a kid of a player or a kid of um, a parent, I mean, a, a parent that's a coach in it. Unfortunately, like you learn to deal with some of the, the negative sides of sports, you know, from whether it be things you hear from the fans or uh, trash talking or whatever like that, you, you deal with it um, like vicariously by hearing uh, things that people in the stands are saying to your your parents or the players that you love, you know, and as a, and, and you, you think are like uncles to you or whatever, as a little kid growing up long before you, you learn how to compartmentalize those things and deal with them on the, on the field. But a lot of life lessons in sports, I tell people all the time. I mean, um, I think it's the, the ultimate microcosm of life. Um, every season it's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a life under its own. I always told my players this as well too, when I coached them, um, you know, it's like reincarnation every year. I mean, you have this family, you come together, you have losses, wins, you know, you have people get injured, you know, it's almost like people, you know, you know that you lose in your life, you know, in your family or whatever, like coming in and out of the t- 
team, um, you have adversity, you have joy, you have uh, a lot of lessons learned, and then you go on and you do it again, you know, the next year. And so it's, uh, it taught me a ton, ton in life. Yeah, it's, you're right. I mean, this is a ton of life lessons in, in sports. And uh, it's interesting, too, like what you were saying, because I think a lot of times as fans, we don't necessarily, you know, we're, we're you know, you might take a pot shot at your team or players or whatever, but I mean, it, it's real life. And I mean, you, you bring up valid points there, especially, you know, having a, a parent, whether it be a player or a coach involved in that. Uh, I think sometimes fans probably don't take that into consideration. <laughs> they really should. Uh, so let's fast forward to college. And, uh, you know, one of the things we, we talk about is, ultimately the transition out of sports, whether it's transitioning out as a college athlete or if you're fortunate enough, a professional athlete. But um, when you went to school, uh, was there programs there at Princeton that um, any like workshops or curriculum and not just like the one day one, but things that would help the athletes uh, ultimately uh, in guiding them transitioning out of sports? You know, um, I don't think there was a ton of that there, so to say, when, when I was there at Princeton. I will say this, obviously, it's a, I would say being a student athlete at Princeton is a little bit of a different monster um, than at a lot of other institutions and in, in Division One institutions. Um, we realize that even a lot, even though a lot of a number of you know athletes go professional um, out of there. I mean, there was a young man that just um, that, you know deferred from his last year of eligibility to go into the NBA draft um, this past year out of there, a good player. and. And you, and, you, and you see that sort of thing go on. I mean, it's a it's an academic institution, first, second and third and, and an athlete institution, you know, fourth, you know, so to say. Um, so I think most people go in there. They always talk about the, it's a 40 year decision, not a four year decision um, with that thought in mind of, of preparing for that life afterwards. Um, but it's it's a very needed discussion in general um, that that needs to go on out there Um, beyond just hey, networking and some of those things that um, honestly, frankly, may be different than um, for athletes. What I mean by that is uh, I think as an athlete, you have a degree of like your networking is what you do on the field. Right. right. Like do you put, turn on the film, come watch me. Right. That's how you've always take gotten to the next level. That's how you got to wherever you're playing in college or the pros anyways. Right. Is is the that aspect. And there's a, a the competition and adversarial side of sports, so to say, is, is a little bit different from the connecting and, and networking side of a business on, you know, who, you know, in order to get a chance to kind of show show what you know and what you're about, you know, sort of thing. And there's not necessarily your resume, there's not necessarily that like clearly on field, on the track, on the court, you know, film or resume, so to say in in business life. And sometimes we don't, we don't know that we're so good at one other thing. um, And and we're, you know, maybe underprepared at the other side of things. Um, So I think the more, the more that can be taught and the more programs that there can be for that ahead of time and have those conversations ahead of time, I think we can help solve a lot of, you know, um, issues on anxiety, depression, some of those things that happen when um, athletes leave the sport, often, often not of their own volition. Somebody's told them, (laughs) you get off the train, you can't play anymore, right? Right. And you don't have a proper plan in place um, and don't know what to do, so to say, and that that can cause a a lot of angst sometimes. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's, um, you know, we've talked in, uh, 
you, know, you and I talked a little offline about it too, but we've talked about going into uh, some of these athletic departments and just helping them to develop additional curriculum or workshops. I had one, one guy on a previous podcast talked about, he, he just wishes that he had like, whether it was a four week workshop or, or a semester that as an athlete that they had to take, they would have better prepared them for life after sports. And I think it's gotten better today with schools, but you know, we're all about trying to, um, you know, provide additional, uh, an extension, uh, to the schools. And then maybe even also to like, say the professional leagues and which kind of leads me into my next question is, um, you know, as a coach in the NFL, um, were those some things that, that you did to help um, athletes transition out of sports? Like you knew when the, like you said, the time's coming that um, did coaches get involved with that at all? You know, um, some coaches do, some coaches don't. Um, I would say this, some of the very best coaches um, I've been around did um, because coaching is teaching coaching is mentoring coaching is inspiring coaching is not like should not be at, at all levels including the nfl level just hey this is the way we've always done things before here reading out of the playbook do this drill critique you on the film you go your way i go my way you know even though we're adult sort of thing right i mean it's a uh, if you want to effectively you know make people better versions of themselves or get them to do something that they want to and need to do but that they either can't or don't want to do themselves you have to be able to i always say you have to be able to reach in order to teach and so you have to know um, what makes them tick what what motivates them um, what what goals they're trying to achieve um, you know all those type of things and then and create the structure and connect them to that that the, the, you know, to that standpoint, and then always be able to, to hold them accountable, not like in a draconian, you know, Hollywood, you know, sort of like, you know, carrot and the stick, you know, sort of mentality, which we know is, um, you know, only works so, so much, you know, and is only so effective, but in more in order to be able to reference back to, hey, hold accountable just by being able to, to again, reference it back to like your goals where you want to get in life as well too. Um, and so the very best I've been around kind of did do that. Talk about um, plans, plans, you know, um, for later in their career. What do they want their career to look like? What do they want, you know, um, their life after, you know, sports to look like? Um, but there are those resources, you know, um, through throughout, you know, uh, professional organizations. It's, it's an organization by organization structure. Okay. There's not necessarily a set structure. It's kind of like state governments from that standpoint, right? So you can have some variance, variance and volatility in there from, from um, staff to staff, but they do try to do a good job with, with that, you know, and giving those options to the players in the off season. And my thing is I'd always try to just reinforce a lot of those, those aspects, start having those conversations with them early, talk to them about like using their time properly in the off season, whether it be, um, you know, trying out like, media type stuff going on podcasts going on like nfl network something like that or going to you know the wharton business school you know some of these things that they have for you know nfl alumni to be able to go and get you know be a be a part of and get their mbas get their you know do some of these programs and in, in the off season like go go do those things you know no that that's that's great and 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 i think the you know athletes do need to tap into those resources i think obviously you know, probably the better you are too. You're so focused when you're playing sports, uh, but realizing that, you know, like you said, in, whether it's in the off season, just thinking about different ways to do it and, and, and being open to, you know, people want to help. So being open to your, you know, if your coaches are talking about different things, 
you know, listen to them. I mean, it's all these relationships that you build. And um, one of the things, um, and and you kind of touched on it before, but when we talk about networking, um, talk about the importance of networking while you're still playing. Yeah, um, I, I can kind of, I honestly, I'll talk talk about it from a, from a from a regret standpoint or the reverse standpoint. I mean, clueless of it, you know, when I was playing, like I was the ultimate. I was kind of talking to my former self, and I was talking earlier, right? I mean, I was a I was a intense, vicious competitor. Um, it was very much like a zero sum game, like any anywhere I was playing, any any time, like there was going to be a winner, going to be a loser. We were going we were going to compete within the rules. But like I was gonna try to you know impose my will on you and, and make you bow, you know you know sort of thing. That's 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 just how I was. That's and that's how I you know grew up. And um, that's one and that's one way to be with inside the white lines, right? But we have to know how to step outside the white lines and be be intentional. And and so I think me personally, I remember back to that. I mean, I kicked myself, you know, being at Princeton and. You know, clearly, okay, I was going to go coach, you know, and whatnot, but clearly not, you know, going to go play in, you know, professional or whatnot, um, but was so focused on, hey, like so much of my time and energy on what I needed to do to get my body, mind right, like take that one little 1% to be able to compete even harder, better and stuff like that, and not necessarily, you know, overly thinking about all that or concerned about that stuff for for the for the next life and really clueless about it and um it really is and in in sports even in team sports right it's still so much like on your back you know so to say in terms of like you're going to get what you deserve get what you work for and stuff like that and then um and in business and life you know it's like we talk about like work work smart not hard you know be good to people be good by people but i've learned this as i tell my 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 players this i tell my you know young financial advisors this you know people in my multiple business now is connecting people i mean connected people are connecting people right and there's this um and there's this you know inherent value in that and right and just being a connector with people um you know getting to know people kind of same way you know you and i you know got to know each other and then and led to led to this right here right but it, it all started with just being open to a conversation in, in, a, in a networking group so to say and then realizing similarities realizing synergies right and so you gotta you gotta go out and do that um do those things outside of just say like a college party or or, or whatever it is right something you'll be be intentional about it and think about your future. Think about, think about your future the same, you know, in job or whatever, the same way you did with um, getting to, you know, this um, skill in football or basketball or whatever in sports, getting to this time of being able to run or swim, getting to this amount to be able to lift, um, you know, in your, you know, in some of your, your goals and whatnot, that same sort of intentionality. And then like, how do I get there? Right. Um, athletes are pretty dang good at doing this. Um, we just have to shift this mind focus or have somebody shift it for us to, to real life, so to say. Um, and I, and I feel like you can do that and and connect that well, like, you know, athletes will be like, Oh, okay. I get it. And run with it, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, and, and even like the timing, we talked of just like, while you're still playing, obviously, especially if you've got a name, I mean, people, People are looking up to you as an athlete and they're, you know, so that's the time to, to make those connections. And it's all about relationships. And, and, uh, you know, I, I always talk about networking and, 
the importance of paying it forward and, and having that, that helping mentality. And I think people want to do that. I mean, I, we encourage, even if you think about, you know, back when you were playing in high school, it's just, uh, and not, not just athletes in general, just, just connecting, like, you know, utilizing those friendships, you know, whether it be, you know, the parents of some of your friends or just the, the business that you worked there, there's always people that are willing uh, to mentor. But um, I, I, I was talking to one agent and he just said that that's a failing of a lot of players that they don't network when they're still playing. So then when they're done, they're like, okay, well, here we go. I'm expecting this big job, big sales job, whatever. And it's not necessarily the case. So definitely tap it and make sure that you are doing that, um, uh, you know, while you're still active uh, and, and kind of a byproduct of that. And, and we talk about mentors and other things like that. Um, obviously alumni direct role about alumni connection. So when you were at Princeton, uh, was there a, a push from the school to bring former um, alumni athletes back to work with the, the uh, athletes and not, not as, you know, where they're coming back for like the homecoming game or golf tournament, but more interacting with, with the uh, athletes. Yeah, um, there totally was that. Um, and, and I'll tell you this, I mean, Princeton does a, a phenomenal job on the um, alumni um, and, and networking side of things. They, they really do, both on the athletes and just in general, right? I mean, um, you know, uh, they're the every single summer, right, at Princeton University, there is a reunion for every single class, right? It's not like the fifth year reunion, the ninth year reunion. It's like Princeton reunions is this, it's this huge, huge event. It's a fun event as well, too. I mean, it's like literally, it's amazing for a school that uh, has about, you know, 1500 kids graduating, you know, every year, you know, I think Princeton reunions every summer is like the second largest selling event for Budweiser every year behind the Daytona 500. I mean, it's, it's literally, you know, about 40 to 50,000, you know, alumni descend on campus and you, you, you usually have like, like this past summer, I think like you'll usually have at least one surviving member from every class dating back to like this last year, I think it was like 1937 or whatever there, you know, and whatnot. So from class of 1937 to the class of 19 or 2023 or whatever it was, um, you know, members, you know, members back from all those classes and, and every, and we've got, you know, alumni chapters, right. And like every kind of area, like I'm in Cleveland right now. So we've got like the, and whatever the, the Pano, the Princeton association of Northern Ohio, you know, up here, but they did do things for the, um, for the athletes, um, as well too, you know, coming back in, you know, career nights, um, kind of some of those networking type nights when they were upper, upperclassmen, getting them up to the, the Princeton clubs, so say in New York City and and meeting, you know, people and, and that whole side of things. Um, again, one more, frankly, frankly, one more thing that I wish I would have taken more of advantage of there. Like my whole thing was like, I'm going to play until I can't play anymore. And then I'm going to be a, a, a football coach, a professional football coach, you know. And so I was like, hey, you know. Um, I love talking to people and meeting to people, but I don't need this. Right. And, right. and as a young, it's not about need, you know, honestly, it's not, it's not about, you know, needing it. It's about, you know, connecting with people. So you don't know when you're ever going to need it anyways. And that's, I think one thing I try to educate people on as well too, is it's like not about need. It's not about a handout, you know, networking, you know, friend, you know, making friends, you know, business friends and stuff like that. Like if you wait until you actually do need something to try to go do it. Um, yeah. You're going to find out how, how lonely and hard that, that is. Um, that's not how it, it works. It's just like the sweat equity you put into, um, 
you put into all those years of sports to get to where you're going. You have the same thing in, in kind of networking equity and and uh, and friendship equity, you know, that that you that you got to you know, build up, you know, until, until you can potentially, um, find, you know, synergies or cash, cash value in that. Right. Right. And, 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 uh, you know, to your point too, I mean, I know that like Princeton and the other Ivy league schools and fraternities and sororities, they just do a great job of, you know, with, with their alumni base, but it's important to, mm-hmm. to tap into it. I mean, they're, they're there to help. So, uh, another topic I always like to talk about in, um, uh, sometimes controversial, but, um, NIL name, image, likeness. So give me your thoughts, uh, positive and negative. Um, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of NIL. It's funny. I, I mean, I like, I, I can remember, I can remember even before going to Princeton, right? I mean, it's been a hot button topic for so long. So I can remember in like, like the year 2000, right? Like writing a, uh, a, a, you know, a, a research paper as a, you know, whatever uh, I want to say it was a senior in high school. Um, you know, on, on this, you know, aspect of just, you know, arguing, you know, you know, for this and that, um, literally the only people that the games can't be played with are the players, right? Like at some point in time, all of these things started as a simple game. Uh, we, we talk about Princeton, like Princeton literally invented the game of football and Princeton Rutgers played the first game, um, in 1869 right there in New Jersey. And I'm pretty sure there was no refs, there was no coaches there. There was no agents there. There were no sponsors there. There was definitely no NCAA. I know that for a factor, you know, a fact because it was Prince. It was Princeton, Harvard, and Yale that kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of got that whole thing started. Um, um, the NCAA started, you know, and whatnot. Um, but uh, but there was none of that stuff. But the games were played, right? And so um, I think a lot of people make a ton of money off of um these athletes right. and um they they should be able they take on a ton of risk um and they should be able to to make something off of that right there's no there's no other so to say like industry in our our country at least um where where um that that's the case right you know i mean i i i talked about this even at the time back when i played i had friends i had i had really smart kids you know that i knew growing up that like didn't take their ride to Princeton or they didn't take, you know, their, they were just academics, but they didn't take their um, offer to Princeton or their, their, you know, admittance to Harvard or whatever. And they instead like, you know, took their admittance to Rice because they got literally a six figure um, check essentially, right. To be a, a research fellow. And they're one of the top students in the country and all sort of things, you know, so they're getting a full ride, um, academic scholarship, so full scholarship, just like you know, athletes are getting. But then they're getting a sit, you know, a hundred thousand dollar, you know, salary on top of it, right? You wow. know, for for their the, for the, their mental gifts. But but the in the athletes are bringing in the athletes bringing in way more money to the insti- in, in you know institution, um, and but isn't able to, you know, right? And so like I, that was some of my arguments at the time as well too. Like you know that there are there are other kids around here that are getting scholarship plus like off of their yeah. talents um and, yeah. and athletes aren't but they're bringing in way more and so i'm i'm all for it um i'm probably as far on the other side of things you know <laughs> if we want to get really down the the rabbit hole of like uh there should be you know revenue sharing they should get aspects of it it's a it's a it's a it's a professional system that is being tried to keep as an amateur system and that's um that that violates a a, a lot of you know and my antitrust laws and stuff like that that 
everybody doesn't want to, you know, I don't know, the, the NCAA really wants that, that battle um, and whatnot. But I go back to, and I sit there and I think about, you know, the top, the top four, I know I can list them off the top of my head right now, Ohio State, Michigan, um, you know, Alabama, um, University of Texas. Um, last year, those combined athletic departments, um, just, just Rob, I'd ask you this off the top of your head, not to put you on the spot. What do you think those, those four combined athletic departments, um, brought in on athletic department revenue last year? If you had I'm, to sure guess. It's a, I'm sure it's a staggering number. I mean, is it, is it on the other side of a billion or, or, or not, not quite that much? A little bit. A little, a little bit over, over a billion, right? A little bit over a billion. They averaged a little over, those four averaged over, um, they each were right at or just slightly over 250 million a piece, wow. right? And the athletes, and the athletes, that's, and athletes saw, saw none of that, right? And so um, there, there's some, there's, there's a way, you know, to, to, to solve for some of that um, and, and whatnot. And so I'm, I'm all for them them getting their piece right you know yeah uh, not to yeah. Get, not to get long-winded but we don't even sit there we talk about football players we talk about some of this other stuff but like think about um you know like nil darlings like libby dunn right yeah she is a female gymnast okay right, right? she's a female gymnast so let's combine those two things together all right at 22 years old when she graduates college right right her her the way it works with she she's retired as a gymnast right like yeah. like whereas we're a football player a basketball player male or or female like they may be right. able to go professionalize at 22 right. years old somebody like her that's made a, a big time um brand and made a lot of money off of off of her name image image and likeness like it's a, that's at the end of her career so if she wasn't able to do it in college right from 18 to 22 in the right. twilight so to say of her career when would she be able to do it and what about some of those other sports where there's not really so to say professional you know really monetizable professional ranks so to say right you know of, right. of the same of the same nature if you say lacrosse or something like that the amount of money that's made in the NCA and major lacrosse especially for the big time top programs you know is is pales in comparison to maybe any sort of like sure. pro leagues or semi pro leagues there are right so when if not then when are they going right. to be able to to monetize off of that and so they, they should be able to yeah and, and and i think the the biggest i guess the i guess the only downside that you hear, hear people talking about is is just the the lack of education because you know there are mm -hmm. issues with just you know and, and you know just being in the financial space just you know, whether it's it, it's not understanding that, you know, they have to pay taxes and things like that. So it, there, there's a more of a need for education, but I totally agree. I mean, it's, it's definitely a, been a great opportunity. So let's um, let's talk about uh, your transition out of sports. I mean, you played sports your whole life growing up and and now, you know, it's time to hang up the cleats from a player perspective uh, from Princeton. Talk about your transition out and then maybe talk about and then giving advice to other athletes of things that they can do, uh, you know, to, for that next journey. Yeah, totally. Um, my, I mean, my transition was uh, one straight into coaching um, and straight into professional coaching. So I, I didn't really ever leave the competition, so to say. Um, I had a different um, transition, which um, I, th I don't think we talk about enough either, which is um, the transition from, from, 
coach, you know, or player straight into coach and, and being able to make that shift from player to coach, which is really a, it is a shift. Um, and I've, I've seen, I've seen guys who played for 10 years in the NFL, right. All of a sudden, you know, make, uh, make the shift into coaching and they're four years into their coaching career. And I, I, I'll, you know, joke, but I'm trying to get the point across them as well too. I was like, man, you're, no, you're still in, you're still an intern. Like you still right. haven't made, the, you're still not a coach. Like right. you're a mentor, right? Like you still haven't made the transition into coaching yet. Like you're right. still acting like a player, um, you know, talking like a player, interacting with the players like a player um, right. versus, versus a former player that's now a coach. Like there can be a thin veil there, but there is a veil there, um, you know, where you have to you know, step outside the arena and be a teacher and be on the sideline. But um, but for 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 athletes, especially athletes that aren't going into coaching or even maintaining that side of the competition, um, I think it's a uh, um, it's something you got to get in front of. It's something I, I would argue, you know, say have a plan for ahead of time. Have those conversations ahead of time. Um, start, you know, trying out what you would you know, like ahead of time. I mean, just think about it. It's like you, you even you went on multiple if you played in college, like you probably went on multiple visits. You looked at multiple schools. Um, how did you settle on your favorite food or your favorite drink or your favorite flavor, or your, you know, or whatever it may be, your favorite outfit, right? You wore a bunch of outfits before you found, you know, found your favorite sh- shirt or your, you know, ate a lot of foods before you settled on your, you know, favorite food. Um, so why would I just like not, why would I just like absentmindedly go into a, a profession or job or whatever without um, really thinking about it, put some thought into it, testing the waters um, and multiple different things. And I would say as an athlete, a lot of times there's, there's internships or like career days, right? Shadowing type opportunities in part that maybe you wouldn't have options to, if you weren't, um, you know, an athlete or a top athlete that you should, you should take advantage of and do and, and figure and figure out what you want to do and have that plan ahead of times um, so that you don't fall into that rut, which I see happen way too often, which is we've lived such a structured life, um, you know, uh, kind of beholden to the schedule, so to say, um, yeah. in that uh, life, that maybe is stressful to people on the outside looking in, but there's a level of comfort for, for athletes who have embraced the process inside, they don't have to think about all those things. It's like they know where they've got to be, when they've got to be, and they've got to do it and and um, what their plan is. And somebody's always coaching them and telling them and pushing them and that whole sort of thing, that support system. And when all of a sudden now they're done, they're out. And if they don't have a job um, and they don't have that schedule now, all of a sudden they don't have a plan, um, that in and of itself can create a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of mental health issues. Um, you know, you, you take the competition away, you take the endorphins of like um, training and competition away, the camaraderie and the kind of familial, like there's a lot of things on just like human interaction and connection um, that you get because as a part of a team, like there's a lot of self-isolation that can happen sometimes. As athletes, maybe we're not always the best at talking about our problems, so to say. Um, and the more of the story I can tell you is just try to have those conversations. I'm always try- I'm trying to do that now even more right. in my current life is have those conversations and have those plans um, ahead of time um, and, and get out ahead of ahead of things. Yeah, that, that's great advice. I mean, I, and I think that's, yeah, the challenge it always becomes that a lot of these athletes, they think of themselves still as the athlete. You know, Blake, the football player, Rob, the runner, Susie, the swimmer, 
you know, build a baseball player, or whatever, but they're, they're not looking at themselves as, Hey, you got a long life ahead of you and, and just use those skills that you develop as an athlete. I mean, there's just wonderful skill sets that, you know, people want to hire athletes and, and people want to work with athletes. So I, I think you should mm-hmm. definitely look at doing those kind of things. So now let's, uh, let's talk about um, what you're doing today. And I kind of joke before it's, it's kind of like the, 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 the Blake commercial. Now you're doing so much. So we gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta, we gotta get the reader's digest version, but talk a little about some of the things you're doing and how people can find you. Yeah. And so, um, appreciate you, Rob. I, I know I joke, I say like, this is, this is retirement, right? Like for, for, for me. Um, but Hey, I mean, I'm, I, because I so choose I'm wearing this today and I'm sitting in my home office, you know, versus one of my actual offices, um, because I can, right? Because I'm the boss and I can choose to, to partition that schedule up, you know, whenever I, I want to and, and whatnot. And some of those things I couldn't do in, in, in coaching, you know, or, or some of those other things. But um, I'm a, a partner and a financial advisor at a big private wealth management firm called Lakefront Capital I'm here in Cleveland. Um, I deal heavily in financial planning and financial coaching in the sports world, both for individuals, athletes, coaches, scouts, stuff like that, but then also businesses um, and then also endowments. Um, in part, we talked about NIL as well, too. I kind of pioneered this aspect of um, getting taken on collectives in, in athletic departments as institutional clients as well, too, and setting up um, kind of institutionally, professionally managed endowments for them. Um, trying to, again, get ahead of things. Don't tell me why we can't do these things. Right. Hey, let's, let's do something where we can control it ourselves. Uh, you guys can control it yourselves and self, self-fund these things, you know, four or five years down the line. Um, and then I'm also the president of a big tech startup um, in the sports and entertainment world. Um, it's called Next Level. Athletes, you should check it out. Um, there's an app, um, free app on, on, uh, on, on the App Store. Um, we've also got a superior kind of link tree link and bio type service um, as well too as one of our other product stacks called our connect link but but check it out um, and then i'm also um, a partner and um, and then a host myself on my own show of the fastest growing media company um, in the u.s big play media um, and my show um, which i co-host with my my uh my uh, uh very quotable very known and and, and kind of a uh, 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 animated father um, is my co-host, but it's called the Come Get Some, Come Get Come Get Some show. Which Come Get Some was all kind of always our our tagline, our mantra, kind of our attitude of how we 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 play, uh, played and coached and whatnot. And so, kind of do the three the three verticals um, is what I do now. And then and then and then be a dad, coach little league, coach little league uh, sports. Now I, I will tell you that the transition out of that might be harder than your transition out of sports yourself. <laughs> so when you, when you enjoy those years, cause when you get to the, when you get to the end of the journey, when your kids play and then you're like, okay, what do I do next? And you'll, you'll get that next chapter for sure. And it's uh it's cool that you do the podcast or the show with your dad. I, I, uh, my son's a, a podcast host and, um, he, I think it was, there's one time, um, he, he, he does a daily show on the Mets called locked on Mets. And it was, a, uh, it was a back to the future show. And he did three episodes and I was, I was co-hosting with him on the three episodes. And basically we took it through his journey of like playing little league, playing travel baseball and, you know, going up and ultimately, you know, doing what he does today. So it was kind of cool. So it, it's fun doing that. I'm sure your dad has a, has a blast. 
No doubt. No doubt. I mean, and you said it's, it's cool to, to have that father son time. And one of the things we're really enjoying about as well, too, is like we get a we get to have a different um, so celebrity guest, you know, and it's like it's our ex players. Right. You know, on the on the show, um, most of these you know guys um, that are that are out of, you know, sports. So in part, I'm using that aspect to kind of connect with them and get it get a chance to have that camaraderie uh, against, you know, selfishly with us, but then to kind of shed a light on, like we talked about as well too. Um, hey, what are you doing now? It's like, you know, these guys are um, investors. These guys are in sports media and they have their own big shows and, and followings and whatnot. They're, um, you know, division one college foot head coaches, you know, now and whatnot. And so I'm trying to use that platform as well too, of like talking to current athletes who maybe follow the show of like hey he here are guys you know that i used to coach you know here are what they're doing now let's have conversations about that and kind of give you you know a role model on that and then we also try to always spotlight kind of a spotlight charity or or a charity um you know at the at the closing kind of remarks of the show as well too oh that that's that's great uh, it's it's definitely a lot of fun so uh old school how, how do people find you Old school. How do people find me? Um, like kind of, www.net. We'll get. I'm, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on everything. So I'm on every social social media platform out there, including my own next level, right? That that I'm the president of. But but Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, um, Blake Williams, um, or usually some version of like Coach Blake Williams is is the tag. Um, again, come get some show is our shows. You know, um, and we've so we've got you know, a uh, separate YouTube channel, separate, you know, Twitter channel, IG channel, all those, you know, for the, for the show, um, for all that stuff out there as well too. But you can, you guys can find me out there pretty, pretty easily, I think. Oh, that, that's great. I mean, I, we, uh, you can find us on alumnidirect.com and uh, the show is on our YouTube channel as well as across all the different podcast networks. And, you know, we're on uh, you know, Facebook and X and, and TikTok and all that. But uh, we really encourage people to watch uh, these shows or listen to the podcast. It's just I think there's uh, there's a lot of issues with athletes transitioning out of sports. And we want to make a positive impact and just helping them through whatever the challenge might be. And just having great guests like Blake on here that share their stories to, uh, again, teach and inspire athletes if there is life after sports. So, Blake, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time. It, uh, it's been great. Appreciate you, Rob. I appreciate you and, and, and all your and all your viewers. Oh, thank you. Take care, everybody.